All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live nonstop Leafs talk starts now. All right, coming off an emotional weekend in Toronto, it's Hall of Fame Monday, the best day of the year, in my opinion. Hello and welcome to another edition of Lease Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill with you. Uh, Rosie, how was your weekend, buddy? Solid, man. Solid. No complaints. Uh, feels like we haven't done this in a while. You take that uh, Remembrance Day off, which I think is the right thing to do on Friday yeah. there, and get things in perspective a little bit and uh, focus on something more important than hockey for a day. And all of a sudden it feels like we've been gone for a week. So good to be back at her here. It is. And certainly a lot to get to from the weekend in mere moments. Remember to subscribe, smash that like button, leave us a review. Don't forget to visit the for the very latest and all things Toronto Maple Leafs. If you have thoughts, comments, concerns, questions, hit us up in the YouTube chat down below. We'll get to them a bit later on. And again, a lot to cover, but off the top, I had to ask you, we had a back-to-back this weekend, the dreaded back-to-back, Rosie. <laughs> the biggest excuse in pro sports. As a former player, what was it like to play in a back-to-back? You played one of those, right? <laughs> yeah, we didn't. Uh, it seems like they play them more now in the NHL than when I was playing. But, um, man, I played lots in the American Hockey League, too. And your, yeah. your standard weekend is Friday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon, or Sunday at, like, 11 a.m., so very used to that. Um, yeah, I, it's no secret. I think that these guys are 
coddled pretty heavily. And I think mm -hmm. that the media likes to play a part in that by thinking the sky's falling because they got to play back to back. I, I don't understand that the guys are in phenomenal shape and you get a little banged up, you put some ice on it, you take an ibuprofen and I just don't understand why you can't go the next day. It's not like these guys are, are just energy depleted the next day and I can't get out of bed to play the game today. It's just not the truth, man. So I think it's uh, overblown, like you said, for sure. Furthermore, this one's a bit different to the fact that it was uh, the rarity of having back-to-back -back home games. Would would guys take a peek in that case? Like uh, you mentioned the AHL where you have three and three sometimes in the same building at home or on the road. Would you take a peek and maybe hit the bars for a couple of drinks after one of them? <laughs> Why not all of them? <laughs> <laughs> your time in the league is fleeting man get downtown and mix it up all the time you got to play guilty once in a while it's not gonna kill you <laughs> take a load off right that's right yeah, especially in i that like that city. okay yeah there's a lot to do let me tell you as a broadcaster there's a lot to do in the beautiful city of toronto let's get over the boards right now we start with a somber note, Rosie. A really, really emotional weekend, man. Watching both games, clearly everything was revolving around Borea Salming, and rightfully so. 71 years of age, battling ALS right now. I thought Game Ops did a tremendous job on Saturday with that celebration, but it, it just, it was so devastating from my standpoint because it really felt like a goodbye, didn't it? Yeah, you heard talk about this will be his last trip overseas to come back to Toronto, and I mean, Man, it's just it's it's so it's just so cool that they do that. I mean, fans around the league say what you want about the Maple Leafs. They are a high class organization through and through. The things they do and and the way they acknowledge people and history and people who have done things for that organization, uh, it's really like no other. And you know, case in point is what they did there on Saturday. And yeah, super sad, man. I mean, with. The whole Remembrance Day feel and the Hall of Fame weekend and, and then this tribute to Borier was, it's just like you stop and, and kind of think about how, how quick things go by, how, how quick life goes yeah. by, not to get too deep on the pod. But man, it just, it feels like, you know, this guy, not that old. I think a lot of people in the, in the stands and on TV remember him playing just short time ago. And now all of a sudden, you know, he's eating through a feeding tube and he's, he can't speak and you see his former players, you know, they're bawling like, like children yeah. over you know the state of of him right now and it's just you just found out here in august that he has als such a terrible disease so um obviously kind of somber like you said and and a sad a sad day to think about uh you know where he's at right now but uh pretty awesome that he did come over here get his tribute and uh you know they were able to pay uh pay their respects the way the way he deserved it with everything he did uh was pretty amazing it really puts life certainly into perspective, as you mentioned. And I thought the games were were second uh, to to the story about Borja Salming this past week and him coming back, the Hall of Fame on Friday, Daryl Sittler. Like, I mean, there was just so many moving parts, and it was really, really moving. Of course, uh, the full tribute, by the way, can be found in the description down below here on YouTube. So uh, check that out. Have some Kleenex close by. Like, it it was a tough watch, man. But like, it was really, really empowering as well was going to ask as well, like as a former Maple Leaf, uh, did you have any encounters with Borea? Can you speak to maybe the importance uh, behind the scenes of, of what he meant to this franchise, what he means to this franchise and city? Yeah, I wasn't able to meet him personally. Um, lots of guys are always cruising around, former alumni and whatnot, like Daryl Stittler was one of the guys who was 
um, pretty emotional during the tribute. You'd see him lots, talk to him, had dinner with him and whatnot. Yeah. Um, obviously, Wendell Clark, guys see him around a ton. And, you know, I think uh, Aurier lives over in Sweden and doesn't come over all the time. And, you know, that makes it all the more sad that, you know, the you know, Toronto and the Maple Leafs and that building isn't going to see him in there anymore, especially with his health issues. So uh, kind of a more potent point right there because of that. But, you know, the Leafs are so good at, at, at honoring their their former players. And I mean, there's pictures of Borea all over the, the practice facilities and the room. And and when you make that team for the first time, they take time to have, here's a, here's a little thing about what we're all about and what we what we cherish. And you read all about them. And, you know, they do they do days like this where they go back and say, hey, this is what someone did. So I went back and, and read up on Salming. And, man, he made an impact. And he was kind of a trailblazer for kind of that European invasion that came over. And, man, they didn't make it easy on, on those boys back in the day. A lot of those guys, you know, the Cold War was going on. They just kind of assumed mm -hmm. every European was a Russian. Um, and when they came over, man, they let them have it. And I think, you know, the referees at the time let all kinds of things go on, on those players. And I, I know some older guys that played against Salming and said he was one of the toughest guys they've ever played about, not because he was a heavyweight fighter, but because he just got the shit kicked out of him and he, and he played through it and he just battled and, he was able to uh, to persevere and have tons of success over here, and one is the one of the first ones to do it. So, you know, one of the, I think he's the first Swedish guy to get into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And look at the players now. You had an entire five man opening face off of Swedish players for the Maple Leafs uh, on Saturday night, and another class act by um, by the organization for doing that, and a little tribute as well. You know, in a real game, playing all the all the Swedish guys, pretty cool, and just top to bottom class class weekend. So. Nice to, to think about the bigger picture here. Yeah, it certainly is. And I think as you referenced too, like just the body of work in his career, not only in this country, not only in this city, but he, what he meant to Swedish hockey. I mean, one look at William Nylander on Friday when he was shedding a tear, Oliver Ekman Larson, the embrace when they did the face-off, the ceremonial puck drop on Saturday. Like this guy just is more than hockey uh, in one country, two countries across the world. And again, uh, we wish him the very, very best in this battle. ALS is just a bitch of a disease, man. And it's just so tough to see. And it really, really, again, puts life in a perspective. Uh, tough transition, but I'll try my best here. The games. Uh, we, we can start Friday here, Rosie. The loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins, where I think puck management problems was the issue again. And what would you rate that that Sheldon Keefe and his shit fest in that game on Friday when he freaked out? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the intensity. I like the emotion. I always liked it when a, a coach lost his mind on the bench. I mean, you don't have to be tearing your suit off Playfair style and snapping twigs <laughs> over the boards necessarily. But when you're yeah. showing emotion, sometimes it's uh, sometimes you can tell it's like um, it's a purposefully done act where yeah. you know we need some emotion here we need some energy we need to show how much i care and you know you get a coach losing his mind so i like the intensity i anything that's just pure intensity i love all the time but uh nice to see how about you yeah i liked it again you have to coddle these kids a bit more and i use that term loosely kids um you have to coddle them and it, it's different than say when you and I grew up and you played in the league, like it's different to how they would discipline the team back in the day. So the coach has to be very careful. Hell, we joke about it all the time on this show where he had to apologize a couple of weeks ago for calling out the elite players, but I've got no problem with this, but it also shows me 
you know, the importance of these games for Sheldon Keefe. And maybe I'm reading too much into it. I think he realizes he could be in a bit of trouble here and he needs more out of his players. But again, it's becoming a constant theme throughout this early season where they're having blips. And I, I think these are uncharacteristic mistakes as well that we're starting to see that haven't gone away and certainly something they have to clean up. But I got no problem with it. Uh, it seemed to get the team going. But We've talked about this so many times, Rosie. You cannot make mistakes like that and expect to win hockey games. I know people were shitting on Eric Schalgren after that game. Toronto scored two goals on Casey DeSmith. You, you don't deserve to win that game. Yeah, for sure. I, I, the thing that stood out to me was just, you know, bad pinches by defensemen. I mean, when yeah. you're... When that play is coming towards you and that puck is down on the half wall and you're a defenseman and you know your your D partner is over on the other side and you step down, that's a big deal. That's a high pressure situation. So you'd think that yeah. when you do it, which I'm fine with doing it, you got to make the call and keep the puck in the zone. But when they do that, you know, the, some, the puck will be standing there. I mean, look at the first goal. Like Justin Hall is sitting there. He pinches. It gets by him. And then he just kind of stands and watches for a minute. It's like you're supposed to be back there. And then he was the last guy to get back on that goal. And then same thing with the second goal. I mean, constantly he's falling down and it's odd man rushes and he's looking around and Malkin, Malkin's uh, wide open in front with his behind, beside his shoulder getting that shot off, just constant. And I look at the, the numbers and it's like he's playing more than Gio and Sandine and Lilligren. And it's like, why? I swear he's got fucking pictures of incriminating evidence against Keith or something like <laughs> why don't they back his numbers off a little bit every time I'm like it's a crucial last two minutes of a period and I'm going ah why is he out there but um not just I hate shitting on one guy but my god it's yeah. like I, they sure are into developing this guy because my god they are playing the hell out of him and every time I see a game lost by a, 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 a goal here or a hair there and it's like one of those big mistakes by the same type of player constantly so frustrating in that sense because that was a winnable game and you know a few things like that and when you happen to see the same player make the same problems on this the type of losses that they're having uh you know you start to wonder yeah and the worst thing about it is that apparently justin hall is really really well liked in the room but i think anybody who's been on a team whatever sport you've played in when there's clearly a weak link <laughs> you start to point the finger sometimes and I, I for sure that's been a thing the live mic has picked up a couple guys saying some some things in the direction of justin hall this season and again it's a broken record so we're not going to spend any more time on it let's look at a positive so they beat the vancouver canucks on saturday but you know me mr optimistic Am I reading too much into the fact that you honor one of the greatest players in franchise history and you can't show up for the first period? Do you, do you think they were just buried by that ceremony that they just couldn't get up for the first period? Because I don't know what the fuck that was, Rosie. Well, it's hard. I mean, during that ceremony, I mean, as unbelievable as it is and as important as it is, yeah, my mind was going to, man, these players are getting cold right and yeah. luckily it's the same yeah. for both players sometimes it's not sometimes you just have the home team on the bench for those ceremonies and the guys in the back yeah. can stay doing their stretches and warming up and moving around but when you're sitting on that cold bench and your feet are six inches from the ice you get cold and it takes you a second to kind of get the muscles going again so you could call it that but at the same day same token the other team sitting over there the Canucks are doing the same yeah. thing so certainly don't want to yeah. blame that I would never change anything about those ceremonies but perhaps you could call it that but um I don't know. I, I, the starts have been an issue for this team, starts of games especially. Mm -hmm. So obviously something to address. And how you address that, I'm not totally sure. I mean, I think they've mixed up the lines a little bit and started different players. Um, but 
you know, I, on the positives, I liked the, you know, the fourth line yeah. seemed to have grit and was, was banging and crashing a little bit this weekend and really showing that oomph and that energy. Um, I liked, uh, I liked Jordy Ben back there. Looked like he was snapping it around pretty hard. Looked like he had some confidence and that's good to see. We need some injection of something on the back end there. So trying to go with the positives for sure. But yeah, I mean, it seems I like, like just like any team, any team you watch, man, there's going to be the same type of problems go on kind of game after game that you want to fix. I mean, everyone's working on stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, the positive note is that they storm back in the second period. And I think it also helps when you're playing a fragile team like the Vancouver Canucks, where you knew it was 2 nothing in that game, but it was really 0-0, just the way Vancouver's been playing. Uh, defensively, they lose again against the Boston Bruins on Sunday. And, yeah, the success story that is Jordy Ben scores his uh, first goal of the season as a Leaf in his first game. I don't know what he was doing on the doorstep there, but you'll take that. Anytime you can get a guy not named Matthews or Nylander or Tavares or Marner, for that matter, scoring a goal, you have to feel good, right? Yeah, for sure, especially a D-man that doesn't put up a ton. And, uh, you know, yeah. that secondary scoring, that's big. When you get those guys capable of chipping in, it takes the pressure off the big boys. And I'm immediately thinking about the playoffs, you know? Like, uh, you look at the games last year in the playoffs, and it's like, if Marner and Matthews don't have it going and they're fighting and trying, it's like, well, then they have no hope. And you can't have mm -hmm. that, man. It's just not going to get it done. You're going to get into a one-game deal where it's an elimination game, a game seven, and you can't just rely on two guys to be putting up three points each to, to win a game. It just doesn't work that way, and it's it's too risky. So I like to see the secondary scoring, and they've been getting it this year, so it's it's pretty good. Uh, side note, when it was 2 nothing, I hammered the Leafs at plus 240. Ooh, and okay. I, was, I thought that they... Aside from their first little bit of a, a hiccup and a couple goals scored on them, they got down, which kind of unacceptable. But I was like, they've got this game in the hand. I thought they had a couple of <laughs> a strong shifts of uh, pure dominance. And I'm like, they, they, they're they going to find it today. And they're down two. I don't think they really deserve to be down that bad. So I hammered them knowing that, you know, Canucks tend to choke off a couple of leads here and there. So that was actually pretty positive. They made me a couple of bucks and happy to see, you know, some different guys chip in on their their debuts. Yeah, suffice to say, we'll never have uh, we'll never have Shenner back on the show ever again after you uh, took the uh, his his opponent. And he was mad at me for saying, "Are you coming back to Toronto?" And he, he uh, I knew it. I knew like, it because yeah, high market teams and all I need the last thing I need is to like get something in the media. I was like, "Oh God!" As if you were gonna get any shit for that. It's as if so we're not funny, man. Yet. It's funny you brought that up because I was putting together sort of the clips for the show after, and I'm like, what's going to make news? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm oh, like, I it's I'm Rosie like the, asking about a return. I'm the bad media guy who doesn't give a shit, and now I'm pretty quick, pretty quickly I changed to that side of the dark uh, the dark side, I guess. Yeah. But you got you got to be all in. You've done a tremendous job so far. The Hockey Hall of Fame, uh, the class of 2022, will be officially enshrined uh, tonight in Toronto. So among them, uh, Daniel Alfredson, Henrik and Daniel Sedin, Roberto Luongo. Um, do you have any lasting memory uh, of, of the six there and specifically, obviously, the NHLers? Uh, you know, you look at Alfredson first time being cheered in Toronto, I think. Henrik and Daniel, what careers for them? And Roberto Luongo, man. Yeah, man. Pretty solid class of kind of guys that's right in our wheelhouse as far as our age is yeah. concerned. You got to watch their entire careers in our prime of watching years, kind of. But uh 
you know, the Sedin twins, like, can they not, is there anything they don't do side by side? It's just <laughs> insane. Like at some point, are, are they going to be split up at all? I, I went through and was like checking out their stats and they're just fucking mirrors of each other, man. Everything they've done <laughs> is just a mirror of the other. I don't think you'll ever see that again. I don't think, I don't understand how you could, but I was reminded of, uh, you know, playing in Toronto where, where Brian Burke was our GM and, I think it was the end of the season, man. Our season was over and we were having a drink and Berkey, just the beauty that he is, would stick around a little bit and have have a drink with us. And we were just sitting around, like gathering around grandpa's story time, you know, and he was telling us about the yeah. draft where what he did to trade up uh, to get the Sedin twins back to back. And I wish I could remember it. It's it's a complicated story. It reminds me of that show with uh, Kevin Costner, The Draft, or whatever the hell it's called, where a football yeah. movie where he's wheeling and dealing on draft day. It's exactly what Berkey did to get those two guys in Vancouver. And it was the wildest story, man. It was wicked to hear. But if you can go online and see what Berkey had to do to get those two, it was pretty cool. And then, you know, because of that day, they had the careers that they had. Otherwise, there's not a very good chance they're going to play together their entire career. So good for them. And obviously, a Hall of Fame-worthy careers. Really is incredible how that came to be. I believe it was is on a recent episode of Hey Berkey that Sportsnet puts together. I don't know if they do them anymore, but I think you can find the story there. And I know exactly where you're talking about. It was really, really complicated, but he had so much faith in these twins, putting them together in the NHL, man. Like that's that's gotta be the one of the best gambles of all time in NHL history. Just to look at the body of work, the careers. Not to mention that I truly do believe down the road these guys will be the first ever co-GMs in NHL history where they'll, they'll both be the GM of the Vancouver Canucks. That's my call right now. <laughs> Can you imagine dual GMs? <laughs> that would be hilarious. Why not, though? I, I think it's possible. Tell. I'm interested if yeah. they want to stay in the game or not. I imagine they do those two, so that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, they're working for the Canucks right now. I'm telling you, that's going to be a thing in a couple of years from now. I know uh, Jim Rutherford's running the show there with Alvin and company, but uh, I wouldn't put it past the Sedins. They mean that much to that market. And by all accounts, it sounds like they want to stay in the game. Uh, very sweet, heavy, of course, on the weekend. Also here with the Hockey Hall of Fame, Daniel Alfredson. Man, oh man, I hated this guy growing up as a Leafs fan, but he was just so important to the success of the Ottawa Senators. And I almost forgot he played that one season with Detroit, eh? Yeah, it's kind of a footnote, right? But uh, yeah. when you look at him, you just think of that era of Sen's uniform, you know, with the the shield and helmet kind of guy or whatever they want to call yeah. it. But that just screams Daniel Alfredson. And, you know, back when he had that uh, Krusty the Clown red hair flowing out his earpieces and he's the captain of that team. And every time they came into Toronto, it was a, it was a war. So, uh, you know, well-deserved. What a career. And it's always cool when guys can do a Hall of Fame career with pretty much one organization like he did, aside from that footnote, but um, pretty pretty awesome. I like those Hall of Fame deals. You can go back and look, and, you know, we haven't even talked yeah. about Luongo. You yeah. know, I remember him in the World Juniors. I was in grade seven, and guys are talking about this Roberto Luongo, and then he's just, you know, over a 1,000 games played as a goalie. He's, you know, everything he did for, uh, you know, international hockey and Team Canada and, you know, going to the finals and almost winning in her all and just, Pretty wicked, uh, pretty wicked uh, careers for those guys that pretty much spend them all with one organization, more or less, you know? Yeah, L Luongo is, is pretty special to me, too. Uh, he's from the same area in Montreal that I'm from. In fact, growing up, my grandfather used to be bring me to two different arenas to watch hockey. Uh, one's now named the Martin Brodeur Arena. The other one's now named the Roberto Luongo Arena. So I always have sort of that... 
that comp to that and, and and just just to see his career his importance to any team he's played with and the best thing about Luongo is the personality to me like that puts him over the top where he just loved playing the game and just didn't take it that seriously which I love that about him yeah me too he's uh Obviously, he was a leader. I was talking to someone at work and they were going, uh, you know, how about he was the captain of their team? And like, have you ever seen that before where a captain, like, I think it's ridiculous <laughs> personally. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, how can you, you're not on the bench. Like, you're so isolated as a goalie. You're out there by yourself. Yeah. Most guys don't talk to you during a game, don't touch you very much and just leave you be in your stall. You kind of got your bigger stall off in the corner somewhere and you're doing your weird goalie shit. But why would you put a captaincy on him where he's got to go talk to the referee? He's got to relay messages to the coach it's just ridiculous but it does show uh the importance that he must have had in that dressing room and like you said the personality that he has um to be able to like be the glue on the teams that he was on enough so that they gave him the goddamn captaincy in the nhl is something i've never seen before leadership uh so looking forward to that tonight i thought it was a nice touch by the way to start the sens game against the islanders at 5 30 i would think in anticipation for daniel alfredson's acceptance speech into the hockey hall of fame with that in mind rosie the wrap-up is brought to you by our friends at points Bet canada i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Oh yes, a fresh week, my friend, and for tonight's... Ah. First of the week, I'm going to look at Los Angeles at Calgary. Give me the Tyler Toffoli over two and a half shots on goal. I do love my shot props, as we all know. Minus 135 around there is what you're looking at. He's cleared in three straight. Don't forget, he's a former member of the Los Angeles Kings. One with the Kings. Always great to see that. And Jonathan Huberto is expected to return to the Calgary lineup. So over two and a half shots on goal for Tyler Toffoli tonight, Rosie. I like it. I think we've said before... um... 
when guys return to their old teams, it's always a good time to get on uh, some kind of a mm -hmm. bet because it's kind of one of those things that Vegas might not really uh, take into account or notice or their algorithm's not picking up. So I always pay attention to that for a goal prop or a shot prop, but over two and a half, very doable. And, uh, you know, money's not too bad at minus 135. So I hope, uh, I hope you hit it. I will take that one as well. No arguments there. You know, it's funny over the weekend, uh, another thing I look at in terms of angles and betting is like the baby bump boost uh, where a player will have a baby and a friend of the podcast will have on later on in the season. Adam Enrique had a kid in the last couple of days in the game after I hit him three to one and he scores. He had seven shots on goal. Like you just get so horned up after having a kid. <laughs> that surprises me because that experience can take a lot out of you. I remember being uh, waiting all night for my kids to come and fuck and I had a bit of a nightmare I remember I was woken up in the middle of the night and they're like it's coming it's coming so I I was like oh I'm all groggy so I panicked and hammered a, a, a Tim's tall coffee and a Red Bull and a five-hour energy just panicking cool. and I was a complete disaster and I think I threw up after the baby came so <laughs> stay away from doing that but good for yeah. him if you can go in the NHL and pot a couple goals uh, after a night like that good for you yeah, running on fumes. And and I always, yeah. same thing. I felt the same thing about like players after having a kid. You think they'd be gassed, but they actually play their better games. It just seems to be a thing. And that's actually an angle I look at in betting. So again, I like to fully cool. over two and a half shots on goal. A light schedule in the NHL usually is the case on Mondays. Before uh, we say goodbye again, you'll, you won't be with us tomorrow or Wednesday, but we will have three hits with Rosie. Just your general thoughts as the Leafs get set to take on Pittsburgh. There's the expectation that maybe Matt Murray could return to the lineup, which uh, scares the hell out of me because it's Pittsburgh, number one. <laughs> yeah, um, kind of interesting that they play him again so soon after playing him on the weekend. That usually doesn't happen. It seems to be a little more spread out. But uh, nonetheless, yeah. I think they'll get another shot at them, which is nice. Uh, yeah. Winnable game for them there on, uh, on Friday. But obviously they dropped it, so a little bit of a redemption feel I think is nice. Um, and we're starting to maybe get out of that October, early November injury plague that uh, that has hit them. And we're starting to get guys back. We mentioned, you know, Lilligren and Ben. And now if Murray comes back, I mean, his body of work was so small, right? And I was looking at yeah. a tweet earlier that had, you know, Shalgren and Samsonov in the top 10 for save percentage, five on five. Um, and you look at some of the goaltenders on that list, you're like, wow, we have actually got really good goaltending considering our quote-unquote number one has been hurt since game number one. So, I mean, if we can get Murray playing solidly and staying healthy, I mean, all of a sudden we're extremely deep in, in our goaltenders, which I do not think was the... Uh, the outlook on the season going into it especially from you I mean I know you don't love Murray and I think he's yet to prove himself I thought he was well on his way to doing that at the beginning of the season yeah. and then he goes down first bloody game so um, it'll be interesting I hope he plays because like you say redemption games old teams that type of thing so I hope he plays and I hope he does well but uh, I think it'll be a pretty high pressure situation for him and obviously he won't uh, he'll have a little bit of rust on him yeah, nothing confirmed at this point as we do this broadcast. But again, it seems very, very likely that Matt Murray could return on Tuesday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, a bit of a scheduling quirk, I guess, because uh, this is game two of three in 15 days against Pittsburgh. So the season series will be done in the matter of 15 days. It makes no sense to me, Rosie. Yeah, I don't get that either. But on the other hand, imagine just sitting in a room with 
all the 32 teams and then all their buildings and the concerts and yeah. monster trucks and everything's coming in and you're trying <laughs> to make that work there's going to be a few blips in the, in the thing and i think they do a pretty good job but yeah sometimes you look at it and go how the hell does this make sense but i mean an absolute nightmare that is definitely a job that is not for me scheduling all that and organizing so um you just do it i don't think the players care you just show up and play who's there and i think it's better to kind of play guys you know, within a small amount of time because you're familiar with it and you realize what you did and it's fresh in your mind. So um, like you say, hopefully on Tuesday there, they they understood what they did against the Pens and can get a win out of them. And I guess next time we speak, you'll be at uh, Disney World, right? Yeah, we're taking the crew to Disney World. So uh, yeah, I'll Maybe. be doing the show down there in the business center somewhere. And, uh, you know, hopefully I don't miss any uh, important things, but uh I think we'll be back an hour or two, so I'll be doing it a little early. My hair will be disheveled, and I'll be a little bit tuckered out, but I'll be on my game. Don't worry. You're such a meat. You'll be in my time zone, bud. No, I'm going to Disneyland. Oh, that's my – so California. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so I'll be okay, early. Sorry. I'm the meathead. I'm actually the meathead. I know. Man. Everybody knows that, Nikki. Don't worry. Oh, no, because I, I just – again, for the life of me, I've never been able to – Know the difference between Disneyland and Disney World. So you're going to the California one. Okay. Okay. When you're just a young pup running around chasing young women <laughs> and you don't really have the family to drag you to Disneyland or World, I can understand the mistake. Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> okay. We'll leave it at that. So we'll talk to Rosie again here on this show on Thursday. But three hits with Rosie is coming up tomorrow on Wednesday. So don't miss that. Excellent job, Rosie. For Jay Rosehill, I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.